Hello, hello. Welcome to Learn to Be Learned. This is Shane Callahan. This is your Monday message coming at you on this warm, wonderful May the 17th. Finally getting to that better weather and it's making me feel better. Today's Monday message is a speech given by Admiral William H. McRaven. He's uh, retired now. He gave a speech back in 2014 to Texas A&M, their commencement speech. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, there's been several edits made. And um, this is just a great speech. It's pretty long, so uh, bear with me as I get through it, but it's worth it. And I highly recommend looking up the video of, of the, the man who actually said it. Um, so anyway, hope you enjoy it. Hope you learned something from it and I hope you look it up so you can actually hear it from his words. But, uh, anyway, the reason why I like the speech is because it's about, um, consistency and habits and developing great daily habits that can really make a difference. So. Without uh, digging too far into it now, here you go. President Powers, Provost Fenez, deans, members of the faculty, family, and friends, and most importantly, the class of 2014, congratulations on your achievement. It's been almost 37 years to the day that I graduated from UT. Oh, well, it's University of Texas. I'm sorry. I thought it was Texas A&M. <laughs> All right, so it's University of Texas. I remember a lot of things about that day. I remember I had a throbbing headache from a party the night before. I remember I had a serious girlfriend who I later, later married. That's important to remember, by the way. And I remember that I was getting commissioned in the Navy the next day. But of all the things I remember... I don't have a clue who the commencement speaker was that evening, and I certainly don't remember anything they said. So acknowledging that fact, if I can't make this commencement speech memorable, I'll at least try to make it short. The university's slogan is, what starts here changes the world. I have to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Tonight, there are almost 8,000 students graduating from UT. That great paragon of analytical rigor, ask.com, says that average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. That's a lot of folks. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those folks changed the lives of another 10 people, just 10 then in five generations, 125 years, the class of 2014 will have changed the lives of 800 million people. 800 million people. Think of it. Over twice the population in the United States. Go one more generation, and you can change the entire population of the world. 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, Changed our lives forever, you're wrong. I saw it happen every day in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
A young army officer makes a decision to go left instead of right down a road in Baghdad, and the ten soldiers of his squad are saved from close ambush. In Kandar province, Afghanistan, a non-commissioned officer from the female engagement team senses something isn't right and directs the infantry platoon away from a 500-pound IED saving the lives of a dozen soldiers. But you think about it. Not only were these soldiers saved by the decisions of one person, but their children yet unborn were also saved, and their children's children were saved. Generations were saved by one decision, by one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world, but the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Well, I'm confident that it will look much, much better. But if you'll humor this old sailor for just a moment, I have a few suggestions that might help you on your way to a better world. And while these lessons are learned during my time in the military, I can assure you that it matters not whether you are you ever served a day in uniform. It matters not your gender, your ethnic or religious background, your orientation or your social status. Our struggles in this world are similar. And the lessons to overcome these, those struggles to move forward, changing ourselves and changing the world around us, will apply equally to all. I have been a Navy SEAL for 36 years, but it all began when I left UT for basic SEAL training in Coronado, California. Basic SEAL training is six months of long, torturous runs in the soft sand, midnight swims in the cold water off San Diego, obstacle courses, unending calisthenics, days without sleep, and always being cold, wet, and miserable. It is six months of being constantly harassed by professionally trained warriors who seek to find the weak of mind and body and eliminate them from ever becoming a Navy SEAL. But the training also seeks to find those students who can lead in an environment of constant stress, chaos, failure, and hardships. To me, basic SEAL training was a lifetime of challenges crammed into six months. So here are 10 lessons I learned from basic SEAL training that hopefully will be of value to you as you move forward in life. Every morning in basic SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room and the first thing they would inspect was your bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. That's Navy talk for bed. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs, but the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and will encourage you to do another task and another and another. By the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made, and made, and a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. During SEAL training, the students are broken down into boat crews. Each crew is seven students, three on each side of a small rubber boat and one coxswain 
to help guide the dinghy. Every day your boat crew forms up on the beach and is instructed to get through the surf zone and paddle several miles down the coast. In the winter, the surf off San Diego can get, a, can get to be eight to 10 feet high and is exceedingly difficult to paddle through the plunging surf unless everyone digs in. Every paddle must be synchronized to the stroke count of the coxswain. Everyone must exert equal effort or the boat will turn against the wave and be used ceremoniously tossed back into the, on the beach. For the boat to make it to its destination, everyone must paddle. You can't change the world alone. You will need some help. And to truly get from your starting point to your destination, taking friends, colleagues, the goodwill of strangers, and a strong coxswain to guide them. If you want to change the world, find someone to help you paddle. Over a few weeks of difficult training, my SEAL, or sorry, after a few weeks of difficult training, my SEAL class, which started with 150 men, was down to 35. There were now six boat crews of seven men each. I was in the boat with the tall guys, but the best boat crew we had was made up of the little guys, the munchkin crew, we called them. No one was ever about five foot five. The munchkin boat crew had one American Indian, one African American, one Polish American, one Greek American, one Italian American, and two tough kids from the Midwest. They out paddled, out ran, and out swam all the other boat crews. The big men in the other boat crews would always make good-natured fun of the tiny little flippers the munchkins put on their tiny little feet prior to every swim. But somehow these little guys, from every corner of the nation and the world, always had the last laugh, swimming faster than everyone, everyone and reaching the shore long before the rest of us. SEAL training was a great equalizer. Nothing mattered but your will to succeed. Not your color, your ethnic background, not your education, and not your social status. If you want to change the world, measure a person by the size of their heart, not the size of their flippers. Several times a week, the instructors would line up the class and do a uniform inspection. It was exceptionally thorough. Your hat had to be perfectly starched, your uniform immaculately pressed, and your belt buckle shiny and void of any smudges. But it seemed that no matter how much effort you put into starching your hat or pressing your uniform or polishing your belt buckle, it just wasn't good enough. The instructors would find something wrong. For failing the uniform inspection, the student had to run fully clothed to the surf zone and then wet from head to toe, roll around in the beach until every part of your body was covered in sand. The effect was known as getting, sorry, the effect was known as a sugar cookie. You stayed in that uniform for the rest of the day, cold, wet, and sandy. There were many a student who just couldn't accept the fact that all their effort was in vain. That no matter how hard they tried to get the uniform right, it was unappreciated. Those students didn't make it through training. Those students didn't understand the purpose of the drill. You were never going to succeed. You were never going to have a perfect uniform. Sometimes no matter how well you prepare or how well you perform, you still end up as a sugar cookie. It's just the way life is sometimes. If you want to change the world, get over being a sugar cookie and keep moving forward. Every day during training, you were challenged with multiple physical events, long runs, long swims, obstacle courses, hours of calisthenics, something designed to test your mettle. Every event had standards, times you had to meet. If you failed to meet those standards, your name was posted on a list. And at the end of the day, those on the list were invited to a circus. A 
circus was two hours of additional calisthenics designed to wear you down, to break your spirit, to force you to quit. No one wanted a circus. A circus meant that for that day, you didn't measure up. The circus meant that more fatigue and more fatigue meant that for the following day would be more difficult and more circuses were likely. But at some time during SEAL training, everyone, everyone made the circus list. But an interesting thing happened to those who were constantly on the list. Over time, those students who did two hours of extra calisthenics got stronger and stronger. The pain of the circuses built inner strength, built physical resiliency. Life is filled with circuses. You will fail. You will likely fail often. It will be painful. It will be discouraging. At times, it will test you to your very core. But if you want to change the world, don't be afraid of the circuses. At least twice a week, the trainees were required to run the obstacle course. The obstacle course contained 25 obstacles, including a 10-foot high wall, a 30-foot cargo net, and a barbed wire crawl, to name a few. But the most challenging obstacle was the slide for life. It had a three-level 30-foot tower at the end. Sorry, excuse me. It had a three-level 30-foot tower at one end and a one-level tower at the other. In between was a 200-foot long rope. You had to climb the three-tiered tower, and once you got to the top, you grabbed the rope, swung underneath the rope, and pulled yourself hand over hand until you got to the other end. The record for the obstacle course had stood for years when my class began training in 1977. The record seemed unbeatable until one day, a student decided to go down the slide for life head first. Instead of swinging his body underneath the rope and inching his way down, he bravely mounted the top of the rope and thrust himself forward. It was a dangerous move, seemingly foolish and fraught with risk. Failure could mean injury and being dropped from training. Without hesitation, the student slid down the rope furiously fast. Instead of several minutes, it only took him half that time, and by the end of the course, he had broken the record. If you want to change the world, sometimes you have to slide down the obstacle course head first. During the land forward... During the land warfare phase of training, the students were flown to San Clemente Island, which lies off the coast of San Diego. The waters off San Clemente are a breeding ground for the great white sharks. To pass SEAL training, there is a series of long swims that must be completed. One is a night swim. Before the swim, the instructors joyfully brief the trainees on all the species of sharks that inhabit the waters off of San Clemente. They assure you, however, that no student has ever been eaten by a shark, at least not recently. But you're also taught that if a shark begins to circle your position, stand your ground. Do not swim away. Do not act afraid. And if the shark, hungry for a midnight snack, darts towards you, then summon up all your strength and punch him in the snout, and he will turn and swim away. There are a lot of sharks in this world. If you hope to complete the swim, you'll have to deal with them. So if you want to change the world, don't back down from the sharks. As Navy SEALs, one of our jobs is to conduct underwater attacks against enemy shipping. We, pr we practice this technique extensively during basic training. The ship attack mission is where a pair of SEAL divers is dropped outside of an enemy harbor and then swims well over two miles underwater using nothing but, using nothing but a depth gauge 
a compass to get their target. During the entire swim, even well below the surface, there is some light that comes through. It is comforting to know that there is open water above you, but as you approach the ship, which is tied to a pier, the light begins to fade. The steel structure of the ship blocks the moonlight. It blocks the surrounding street lamps. It blocks all ambient light. To be successful in your mission, you have to swim under the ship and find the keel, the center line of the deepest part of the ship. This is your objective. But the keel is also the darkest part of the ship, where you cannot see your hand in front of your face, where the noise from the ship's machinery is deafening, and where it is easy to get disoriented and fail. Every SEAL knows that under the keel, at the darkest moment of the mission, is the time when you must be calm, composed, when all of your tactical skills, your physical power, and your inner strength must be brought to bear. If you want to change the world, you must be your very best in the darkest moment. The ninth week of training is referred to as Hell Week. It is six days of no sleep, constant physical and mental harassment, and one special day at the Mud Flats. The Mud Flats are an area between San Diego and Tijuana, where the water runs off and creates the Tijuana Sloughs, a swampy patch of terrain where the mud will engulf you. It is on Wednesday of Hell Week that you paddle down to the Mud Flats and spend the next 15 hours trying to survive the freezing cold mud, the howling wind, the incessant pressure to quit from the instructors. As the sun began to set that Wednesday evening, my training class, having committed some egregious infraction of the rules, was ordered into the mud. The mud consumed each man till there was nothing visible but our heads. The instructors told us that told us we could leave the mud if only five men would quit. Just five men. And we can get we could get out of the suppressive cold. Looking around the mud flat, it was apparent that some students were about to give up. It was still over eight hours till the sun came up. Eight more hours of bone chilling cold. The chattering teeth and shivering moans of the trainees were so loud, it was hard to hear anything. And then one voice began to echo through the night. One voice raised in song. The song was terribly out of tune, but sung with great enthusiasm. One voice became two, and two became three. Before long, everyone in the class was singing. We knew that if one man could rise above the misery, then the others could as well. The instructors threatened us with more time in the mud if we kept up the singing, but the singing persists. And somehow, the mud seemed a little warmer, the wind a little tamer, and the dawn not so far away. If I have learned anything in my time traveling the world, it is the power of hope. The power of one person, Washington, Lincoln, King, Mandela, and even a young girl from Pakistan, Malala. One person can change the world by giving hope or people hope. If you want to change the world, start singing when you're up to your neck in mud. Finally, in SEAL training, there is a bell, a brass bell that hangs in the center of the compound for all the students to see. All you have to do to quit is ring the bell. Ring the bell and you no longer have to wake up at 5 o'clock. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the freezing cold swims. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the, the runs, the obstacle course, the PT. You no longer have to endure the hardships of training. Just ring the bell. If you want to change the world, don't ever, ever ring the bell.
To the graduating class of 2014, you are moments away from graduating, moments away from beginning your journey through life, moments away from starting to change the world for the better. It will not be easy. But you are the class of 2014, the class that can affect the lives of 800 million people and the next century. Or sorry, in the next century. Start each day with a task completed. Find someone to help you through life. Respect everyone. Know that life is not fair and that you will fail often. But if take you, oh, I'm sorry, this is mistyped. Should have proofread this. Um, I got this from a website. Know that life is not fair and that you will not, or sorry, that you will fail often. But take some risks. Step up when the times are toughest. Face down the bullies. Lift up the downtrodden and never, ever give up. If you do these things, then the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. And what started here will indeed have changed the world for the better. And then he ends it with, uh, thank you very much, hook em horns. So I um, want to just let everybody know, I pulled this from James, jamesclear.com. Um, I actually follow him on Instagram. I just realized that. He wrote the book, uh, Atomic Habits, which is a great book. Um, basically talks about this, how little things really change your life. And so if you want to look up the speech, just look up jamesclear.com forward slash great speeches uh, forward slash make your bed by Admiral William McRaven. Um, so that's the entire speech. It's a great speech. I was getting goosebumps as I was reading it. I forgot how powerful this is. I love this. And it's, it's really, I need to turn to this more often when I'm in a dark place because this is great. And it's a great reminder of, of just kind of the perspective that you should have on life. So if you've learned anything from this speech, I hope you learned that, you know, it takes 10 people. And it's honestly, it's just so crazy. 800 million people, one more generation, you get 8 billion people. Um, and I hope you learned that when you're facing your challenges, that you don't give up. You find people to help you through those challenges. And you really strive to change the world in a positive way. So there you have it, your Monday message. Thank you for tuning in. Please follow me on Instagram. Give me some uh, feedback. Also, give me some feedback or rate my Instagram or my Instagram. Wow. Rate my podcast on the podcast apps. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Again, my email is S H A N E period C A L L I H A N zero one at gmail.com. Give me some feedback. Let me know if there's any speeches or um, presentations that you've heard that you enjoyed that uh, might be enjoyable for me too. All right. Let's have a great Monday. Let's have a great rest of the week. It's a fresh beginning. We're getting into that warmer weather now. Unless you're in the southern hemisphere, then you're getting into winter. And if that's the case, I feel bad for you. But let's get it, people. Greatness is upon you.